Hi, welcome to a new podcast called Shakespeare on Screen. I am your host, Jamie Kelly. I meet up every week with a friend and special guest to come on board and just talk about adaptations of Shakespeare and not necessarily straight adaptations as the first movie we're going to be talking about is this little obscure movie that my friend Sophia like brought to my attention and demanded to come on to talk about. So introduce yourself, Sophia. Uh, hi, I'm Sophia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a human person. Yes. On the internet. Yes. As am yes. I. And, yes, and uh, she, she like uh, Sophia's in a Shakespeare group with me, and uh, and we were just talking about like what our first introductions to a Midsummer Night's Dream, and she brought up this movie, Get Over It. So, kind of like just walk me through like how did you first encounter this movie? Honestly, I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I guarantee I rented it at Blockbuster. Okay. Which ages me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember and, Blockbuster, so that ages me too. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And I remember watching it and thinking simultaneously, this is crap, and oh my god, I love this. Okay. And, <laughs> Wonderful. <yeah. laughs> That's how we got to this point. All right. I'm kind of of the opinion that it's mostly one of those. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm glad you think it's brilliant. <laughs> I think that it's brilliant in its simplicity and how it's just very, very transparent. It doesn't put on airs to be anything more than what it is. It's a shitty teen drama that has some Shakespeare elements, and that's it. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, this is a Shakespeare podcast, so, for the record, yeah, this is, um, this is, like, very loosely inspired by, and I use the term loosely, uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream. It kind of takes out all the, the fun stuff quite frankly, of, of A Midsummer Night's Dream. There's no fairies. There's no... There are fairies! Well, okay, yeah. In dream sequences, there are fairies. Yeah! Okay, alright. Come all right. on, man. Come on. Okay, alright. But th there's no love potions. There's no magic. I mean, like, the parents are kind of Titania and Oberon, kind of. A little bit. See, I never even thought about that, but, like, a little bit. Yeah. In terms of just, like, being, like, kind of open-minded and just, like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I'm just, like, Titania, right after she finds out, like, what Oberon has done to her, she's kind of just, like, oh, huh, funny. Hey, rip at me again? <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of want to do a, a... There was, like, a... I, I do want to see it. Like, a National Theater did this. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie, a.k.a. Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones, like, uh, she played Titania in this version of Midsummer Night's Dream, where Titania is the one who bewitches uh, Oberon and gets him to fall oh. in love with with with, uh, with Bottom the Weaver. She's like... I would watch that. Yeah, I, I, I want to watch it. Yeah, it just seems... Yeah. Just like role reversal. I'm all for it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I mean, of all the plays, like, um... So, okay, like, um... We had a little chat earlier uh, about this when I was watching it at the time, and uh, 
Sophia here, like she she was bragging about about it to me. She's got thirteen pages of notes, and I, I'm dying to hear her get into these pages of notes. I have a measly one page of note of commentary on this, but we'll just free flow and talk about this movie. I mean, first thing that I've come to realize is like one, like this movie is like basically is like this is a very dated movie. I said at the, at the time, and like even more, okay. it's like. Yes, it's dated. But can we appreciate the intro? Because even the intro, I have it in my notes, even the intro is is captivating because it uses the Miramax logo but with like a fun song that ties into the intro, yeah. which more movies should do instead of just like plastering the logo on and expecting us to just like deal with five extra minutes of credits. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is yeah. interesting. So well, you already once you come into the movie, you're already like, this is like a fun ride. This is going to be a good time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, actually, the thing I complained about to you is like, I just like there, there's there's not a ton of singing, but there's like about twenty five percent of singing. That I'm just thinking to myself, why don't you just make a musical? Why don't you just make a musical? Because at that point, like musicals weren't cool. I know. Well, well, they're like about f- four years shy of Chicago, so I guess that's why. But it's like some I I just know I I grew up around the nineties because I am ancient and decrepit. <laughs> and I can tell you that in the nineties, if you were in theater or doing stuff like that, you were not necessarily cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um yeah, the the geeks have inherited and I'm all for it. Uh so I mean, like, this movie, like, to, to date it or, like, thinking, like, okay, this is obviously, like, capitalizing on, on like, this trend, like, they had in the, the late 90s, early aughts to make classics be teen dramas or teen comedies. So, I mean, like, you had 10 Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. Cruel and... Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, yeah, Can't Hardly... Well, what's Can't Hardly Wait based on? Uh... Yeah. Oh, like based on Shakespeare? Probably not. Yeah, no. Still a genre. Uh, can't can hardly wait is or no, but um, the uh, ten things I hate about you, taming of the shrew. Um, uh, then they they also did um, cruel intentions, which was like mm-hmm. dangerous liaisons, and then they did this midsummer night's dream and. So yeah, um, okay. Like my, my one little Shakespeare scholar in quotes thing that I kind of obje- objected to or kind of realized is like um, for people that don't know. Okay, so the story of Midsummer Night's Dream versus, and I'll tell the story of a Midsummer Night's Dream. You tell the story of of Get Over right, It. Give me two seconds because your voice sounds underwater, and I don't know why. Uh, connection probably. Yeah, but it says that it's all green. Yeah. Yeah, god damn it. Sorry, okay. Can you talk okay. again for a second? Let me see if it... Can you hear me? Oh, that's not good. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if it's because my fiancé is on his racing thing. <laughs> I can hear myself in your thing, which I should not be able to do because I'm wearing headphones. Okay, well, um, I can hear you perfectly. Um, like my yeah. All right, we'll work around it then. Yeah, my my video is coming out a little bit slower though. Yeah, I see it. So yeah, yeah. my internet was being a little shaky right. earlier. Okay, 
There you go. You're back to normal. Oh, okay. Awesome. Um, so, like, uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream is this wonderful little comedy that takes place in ancient Greece, although, uh, yeah, it kind of figures into the plot a little bit. And so these two Athenian lovers that, that like, um, want to get married and and the the guy Lysander is not the approved suitor for for the the lady Hermia and so they decide to run off in the forest and meanwhile like the, the guy Demetrius who's who's Hermia's father's preferred suitor um runs after her with this with the girl that's in love with him uh called called Helena and in the forest shenanigans happen and then they wake up and Demetrius is now kind of enchanted into loving Helena and everyone's happy and that's kind of the end that's the part of the story that's really important for get over it yeah <laughs> it is so I you- would argue that the point of get over it isn't the Shakespeare it's just the inherent teenness of it all. Yes. Yeah. Oh no no no. Yeah. No. Um, okay. Like the one like Shakespeare nerd thing in me was like that. They keep on comparing the main guy to to uh, Lysander, mm-hmm. but he's basically Demetrius, and just like he's in love with someone else, and then like this other girl that's obviously crushing on him, and he ends up falling for her in the end so it's yeah kind I, think, of... I think what happened is like the playwright wrote not the playwright sorry the, sc- <laughs> the script writer was like read maybe a sparks notes of midsummer <laughs> night's dream like five years before he wrote this and i was like yeah i might as well shoehorn this in why not yeah well i mean like that the actual okay so all right so okay I know you love this movie, and I'm glad you love this movie. But let, let, I'm I'm sorry. Like this movie is, I didn't hate this movie, but man, this movie is just like, oh, this is so forgettable. This is so just mediocre to bad most of the time. That's fair. That's a fair assessment of this movie. If it doesn't like hit you in a special place. Yeah. Well, okay. Like, uh, I mean, part of the dated. Is like one of the things that's like dated that it's a bit more kind of difficult to describe is like the the late nineties boy band of like the main yeah. like antagonist rival is like the nineties boy band star. Which, Can we dive into that for two seconds? So I have so many notes on that. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Th- yeah. Please. Okay, so I was mostly confused because first of all, how is this guy in a boy band, but also still in high school. And if not even just like a boy band, he's in a successful boy band. He's yeah. in a boy band that has music videos on TV that you can see when you just click your TV on. So like, why? Why is he still at their high school? Why did he transfer to their high school? Which doesn't seem to be like that impressive when it comes to high schools. I never got that. I still don't get that. Here, that's my question. That's my like, what? 
amazing. Also, I googled it because the music video that he is in, the song is called Love Scud. And I was okay. like, okay, I need to Google this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, that music video is super rapey because this girl is just like frantically running away from him and he's in a hunting outfit and he's like, I want to take her down. It's just like, oh, God. Oh, boy. This is Weinstein all over it. I know. Yeah, well, yeah, so, he did produce it. So, yeah, we'll always have to live with that. Right? Yeah. Exactly. But so Scud is the name of a series of tactical ballistic missiles developed by the Soviet Union during the Cold War. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. So please remember this definition, and then I will enchant you with because you are my tactical ballistic missile <laughs> developed by the Soviet Union during the Cold War. Wow! <laughs> it really rings. That really rings. Like it just—that's—that's that's knowledge. That's learning. Yes. This. this Shitty teen movie is teaching you things about the Cold War. Wow. You're making me see it in a whole new light. So. Yeah. Okay. Fun or weird thing, I don't know which, is that this movie is just a a star-studded cast of, like, people that are going to be pretty big. I mean, mean, like, Ben Foster. people that are already big. Yeah. Martin Short. Well, yeah, I mean, you always get a big comedy vet to do like a kind of sporting role. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they got him to do that unless they were like, okay, you have no lines. You just make up what you want. <laughs> uh, just pay him a good amount and have a good time. It's, yeah. Yeah. Just a couple of days of work. His lines are also some of the best lines in this movie. Yes. I wrote some of them down. I will find some while you you do your thing, and then I will randomly interject with Martin Short. Uh, okay, so like the the star is Ben Foster, who is kind of unrecognizable because he's so young in this movie. Um, there's also like so it's kind of a checklist of of all these people that that have gone on to other things. Colin Hanks, Tom Hanks' son, who's in a sitcom now, um, Life in Pieces. Uh, that 70s shows Mila Kunis is in the movie um, she has a little role Zoe Saldana is is in the movie also Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy she's in the movie uh, and and of course Kirsten Dunst the first Mary Jane is like wait that the was main. Zoe Saldana uh, all the way up was it actually yeah that's yeah Zoe Saldana yeah her best friend is Zoe Saldana. Uh, the like the first the chick. yeah the redhead her chick's best friend is yeah that's Zoe Saldana. Oh wow! No, I wrote some really terrible things about her acting. <laughs> well, she got better. <laughs> she did get better, and I absolutely love her in Center Stage too. And I was just reading an article about her today, and now I feel really bad. <laughs> Ooh, well, I mean. <laughs> Hey, some people get better, some people don't. I mean, like, Ben Foster, like, uh, so, like, this is, I haven't seen a ton of his work, granted, but, like, I loved him in, in Hell or High Water. That's an amazing movie, and he does a phenomenal job in that movie. I do not see that actor in this movie. It's just like, it's like, ooh, comedy is not your forte. 
Honestly, I'm going to disagree with you because I found a lot of the shit he did really funny. Okay. Especially when he's like on the roof. By the way, can we just all appreciate this is a teen high school movie where they're drinking alcohol and they're not really trying to hide it in a way that's like like he's like actively with the like the hobo style beer bottle sort of situation. Yeah. Like he has the paper oh yeah. Bag. Oh yeah. 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 No. 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 That was my notes. And then they're like, no, he was drunk. And I was like, yes. Yes. Well, it's not just that. It like the the part that like kind of one day he goes to a strip club. Like they take him to a strip club to get to get in a better mood. And uh, way to go, Carmen Electra. Just cash in that 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 like uh that cameo i mean she must have had a good relationship with with miramax because she also like was like killed in the opening scenes of scary movie so yeah she was wasn't she yeah so yeah i guess she had a good relationship with Honestly, miramax. that was i that was also in my notes somewhere like what kind of fucking high school well okay if we're gonna talk about the strip club i have i have grievances i have grievances with this movie with the opening bit of this movie where they go into a teen nightclub. I have been to a teen nightclub. They are not glamorous. They don't have these sexy strobe lights. They don't have people that are that good looking. They have a (laughs) bunch of dudes with pizza face and a bunch of girls that are desperately trying to look pretty. And they're all, they all look like 12. Yeah. Okay. There's no alcohol because obviously it's a teen nightclub. Yeah. And everyone's trying to pretend they're jacked off of soda, and it is the most dry, humpiest fest of boredom you will ever go to. So I take objection with this opening bit of them in this club where everyone looks like they're 30 years old, and they're all, like, really endowed, and there's that one girl, and she's wearing, like, this really slutty shirt, and her only job is to be in pigtails and be like, so striker. You're in a band. What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you pretty much said what she was cast for, but yeah. I hey, okay. My objection. Is, my objection is like it, he's supposed to be a high schooler. Like when they break up, they clearly like. It's not just like that. Like they break up. It's that he's she's basically like moving him out. It's like how much crap did. That makes no sense unless you're moving out. Like, why would you have a box full of, so like, stuff? We, we took stuff? the same notes. We took the same notes because I said these are fucking high schoolers. Yes. Why is she giving him a box of his crap that he stored at her parents' house? And it's like a tennis racket? Yeah. Like, what is going on? They don't live together. They're just yeah. in this random sofa at her parents' house. And she's like, here is your box of shit that you've inexplicably left here. <laughs> I mean, oh god! I mean, I do admire the the openness of this teen movie, which is this is a PG thirteen movie. This is a back when PG thirteen actually meant something. Just like, because like this yeah. earns its PG thirteen. Yeah, I wouldn't want little kids to watch this movie. No, absolutely not. And like, I found I found the part of my notes about the poor girl who was talking to Striker at the club, and. Uh, and what I wrote was, this poor girl probably went to her parents and said, I got a role in a feature film, and her parents saw that. <laughs> <laughs> eh, you never know. 
Uh, yeah, there was a... Someone's got to be innocent with tits. That's the character description. I'm positive. <laughs> I'm positive they literally just wrote, she's innocent with tits, and they just went with it. <sighs> Can you tell this was produced by Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, it kind of does feel it. Was it, actually, though? Because I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if it's a Miramax movie, he's he's involved. Yeah. Unless mm. it's... Unless it's a, if it's a dimension movie, it was made by his his brother Bob, who was the nice oh. Weinstein, or oh, there's ni- a nice one, nicer. Oh, so so being a rapist skips a generation. <laughs> well, they're brothers, so it's just that he he's just accused. <laughs> he still got some sexual harassment accusations, but just just that. Like, oh, okay, good. As long as he didn't get convicted, that means that he's innocent in the eyes of the law. <laughs> and we all love that. Okay, okay, but we're getting, we're getting. A we 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 we, we, yeah. we need to acknowledge that because, like, yes, because his name's probably there somewhere, and yeah. Can we please acknowledge the most epic intro scene to any movie that has ever movied? Except maybe La La Land, because I really liked the opening to La La Land. <laughs> but, all right, I'm just I'm going to break it down for all you people out in podcast land that have never seen this movie, and I'm going to paint a very visceral picture so you get what I'm talking about. We have our main protagonist, Burke. He has just been broken up by his girl. His girl hands him a box of his shit that he somehow keeps at her parents' house for no reason. It's never explained. And seriously, the only thing you can really see is a tennis bracket sticking out of it. No, you can also see a... You, you can also see, like... You can also see a... a, a, a I don't know how, how, how I would describe it. Like, a pack of loose condoms. Yeah. In there also, so... Yeah, they're, they're I'm doing it. I'm sure that's true, because this movie does not shy away from its sexuality, which I appreciate. <laughs> All right, so we have Bert. He's leaving Allison. He looks downtrodden and despondent. Those are both good adjectives. Yeah. And then, as he's leaving her house, opens her garage. Her garage just randomly opens, and out of it pops vitamin C of graduation fame, which anyone who grew up in the 90s will know because we all had to sing it at our elementary school graduations. Yes. <laughs> I did have to sing that song at my elementary school graduation. If I did, I don't remember. So vitamin C pops out. Yeah, no, no. I don't. I don't think we're the same age. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but vitamin C pops out. She has a weird backing band with her. She is swiveling her hips like she can get it because she mm-hmm. can. She looks. She looks incredible. Her clothes look terrible. <laughs> I don't know who the wardrobe stylist was, but they were like. Here, we found some, like, old sweatpants and a top and, like, some discarded bus station. <laughs> Here, oh, put them on. Damn. Oh, they're, they're, they're so bad. No, I, I, I went on about her clothes. So, vitamin C walks out. Burke is looking very sad and carrying this box and just sort of trudging along like all Charlie Brown sad. And then, vitamin C starts singing behind him. And we're like, what? And then she's just like, she's like, love, love will keep us together. And then you're like, yeah. okay, cool. But then she starts grabbing random people off this cul-de-sac to join in this demented musical that she's created, which includes randomly a bride and a groom who've just been married. Why are they in a cul-de-sac in full gauche? I don't know. 
And then there's a postal guy and a UPS woman who do like a really intricate ballet dance. And all of this shit is happening behind Burke Landers, who has no idea that this is happening. There's no reference to him understanding that there is a full-fledged, very put-together musical going on behind him. And well, it's... then there's a freaking marching band that just pops up behind and he's still just like nope can't hear it too sad broke up with my girl and then the only reason you know that he might be somewhat cognizant of it is he starts screaming and the scream takes us to he wakes up in bed screaming yeah so so did he did he actually get broken up with allison or was that part of this like horroristic nightmare that's like forming in his head this movie has layers man Eh, just the magic of musicals. Well, I mean, like, you're, you're touching on something that, like, watching this movie, part of my problem with this movie is it it doesn't commit where it, it, it should commit. Is like, it, it, it knows it needs to basically be a farce, which is what A Midsummer Night's Dream is. It's, it's a farce. It's a really awesome farce. And, like, they have moments where it's like, it is getting to that place, but it's, at the same time, then, like, grounds it in just, like, regular boring teen comedy of just like oh awkwardly like oh i can't say the dialogue of will you help me out and like what dude you're, you're why are you hanging out with my sister man and just like all that kind of regular teen comedy stuff and just takes it, it down to is, peg. it is very regular teen comedy i will still defend to my dying breath Burke getting up on that fucking bit of her house that the roof of her house is level with her bedroom window and him getting up there and singing a song with her name in it deliberately badly because I can't believe he actually sings that bad I can't oh yeah well okay all right this is part of the like uh I don't want to ruin this movie for you although if you the way you described it from the intro is kind of perfect of like it's of you think it's brilliant but it's also crap it's like there's so much like kind of like setup in this movie but no payoff in this movie of like he's like disparaging of like oh well you're not too bad in the dialogue but like yeah but I have to sing and they don't really like have him do a solo number where he does better and wows the crowd you you make a great point because honestly, like the, the, the whole, the, I think what they did, they gave him like a one note character. They were like, "You're sad boy. Your whole thing is you're sad boy." And so when he gets happy, like, who is he? Yeah. Well, it's it's like they they also set up like, oh, you you want to be in theater, but you're also in sports. Like, so he's randomly supposedly a jock. Which what? Oh, okay, sure, why not? And it's like, oh, he's. But you got to worry about playoffs or at the same time as theater practice. And it never really becomes, like, anything more than, like, that's happening. There's no payoff for that. There's no... There's no, no consequences. There isn't. But can I just point out that this movie came out years, years before High School Musical. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fucking plot. <laughs> yeah. Well, well they kind of focused job. on that. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a hot nerd. Let's get together and make some music. <laughs> Well, she's re- Kelly, Kelly is supposed to be a nerd. Yeah, I guess she is. 
She is. She's a hot nerd, but she's supposed to be a nerd because they're like, oh, she likes Shakespeare. I mean, I guess, yeah. And the... I don't know. She's not even like a... She's too, like, normal. She's got friends. It's just like... I don't know. It's just like... It's not... I haven't seen 10 Things I Hate About You, but it makes sense in 10 Things I Hate About You of just like that... She's an outcast because she's kind of a Daria. And it's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, she's not Yeah, you re- still definitely should see 10 Things I Hate About You because it's a classic. But this, in its way, is a different kind of brilliance than 10 <laughs> Things I Hate About You. Because honestly, I found myself empathizing with the Burke character while he was trying to learn Shakespeare in this movie. Because he has such a problem with it, and that is such a common thing that when high schoolers or middle schoolers are exposed to Shakespeare, I will quote you a direct Burke line when she's trying to teach him Shakespeare. He goes, I'm understanding every other word of this shit. Yeah. That is relatable. Well, yeah, and I do get that. That's a part of the struggle with Shakespeare that people have. I mean, that's why I always maintain Shakespeare is better read aloud and much better seen performed than read straight in literature class. And I say that as an English major, so I love Shakespeare, but no, Shakespeare is meant to be performed, people. Shakespeare is meant to be seen. Like, uh, read is just a different experience. See, this is why I like that we're here together right now, because I come into this experience... The reason I joined your Shakespeare group is because I don't have any love for Shakespeare. I don't understand Shakespeare. I'm trying to because (laughs) I want to be a good actress. And I feel like a shit actress if I tell people, yeah, I don't really get Shakespeare. I don't really do it. It's not my thing. (laughs) So I'm trying to. But part of me still relates to this movie where he's just like, I'm understanding every other word of this shit because I kind of am. Even to this day. Oh. Well... I'm I'm still looking forward to you playing Lady Eleanor this week. Uh, so, uh, no, but no, I, I do get that genuinely. And hey, I wouldn't lie if I said that I 100% always understood everything that's being said. There were a couple of moments in, in uh, I just watched uh, a National Theatre Live um, posted for free, Antony and Cleopatra, which starred... Uh, Ray Fiennes, aka Voldemort, and uh, Sophia, yeah. and Sophia Kendo as uh, Cleopatra, and uh, it was phenomenal. But but there were some moments where I was like, "Huh, like what?" But but no, no, that that's genuinely a a struggle at times. I mean, I think it's easier, honestly, for me, my, for myself, it's a bit easier to understand when Shakespeare does does his iambic pentameter than it is like when he's doing his prose. Cause when he does his prose, that's more like what the contemporary people of his time sounded like. And yeah. language has moved on a bit more. So like some, and that's always a struggle sometimes where there's jokes that really only made sense to the, to the Renaissance audience. I mean, uh, we might get, I want to get someone on to talk about Henry V with me because, yeah, that that very kind of infamous for now it seems kind of superfluous scene of just 
of Catherine and her handmaid talking in French, it's like for Shakespeare audiences that was hilarious. Now it's just like uh, they're just talking in French. Uh, is there a joke here? I mean, like, yeah, there kind of is, and like, there's uh, dirty. That that word sounds dirty. Yeah, um, but. I think you've accidentally hit on why I like this movie and you don't like this movie. This movie is for people that don't know shit about Shakespeare and are like, <laughs> hey, I kind of learned a little bit today. And yeah. then people that actually know about Shakespeare are like, you got all of this wrong. No, 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 no. Um, one for, for plays that like I'm... I'm not in love with. I, I would be much more open to this. I am 100% willing to bet that I would much rather 10 Things I Hate About You replace Taming of the Shrew because Taming of the Shrew was a whole nightmare of problematic that is a whole other oh, discussion. But Can I do like a fun side anecdote about okay, Taming yeah, of the Shrew? Absolutely. Okay, so in high school we had to do a project based on taming of the shrew so me and my friends decided to make like a short movie (laughs) and uh we did take like we did a little part of taming of the shrew but like we modernized it so i was like this goth girl (laughs) my friend was dressed in like all pink and like a cute little preppy outfit yeah and then my friend who was playing batista was this girl named emma who is crazy and i love her and she just she just taped a bunch of cotton balls to her face <laughs> and she's like i'm batista now and it was it's it's honestly it was like a sort of bdsm light version of taming of the shrew Uh-oh. but with high school kids that's fun <laughs> yeah it was just good times good times yeah but we're talking about this movie yeah so, so. <laughs> Okay, so um, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, if I want to, if I want to rail, I think the biggest, the biggest tragedy is like, is like underused actors. I'm just like, I'm, I'm so sad, like that Mila Kunis is kind of in it for five seconds. Like, is honestly, she's... I'm not though, because I love Mila Kunis, but she is not that great an actress. Aww. And her lines come off as very like I know she doesn't have the best lines, but the lines that she does have, she does not know what to do with them. <laughs> and I will give this movie this credit: the representation of the level of disinterest in high school theater that was accurate. Okay, wait a minute. All right, but like Martin Short's character, like he actually like thinks like this is the end of my career. I love her. It's funny though. And it's just like it's like career. You're a high school drama teacher. Yeah, but he doesn't want to be. Like he thinks uh, that mean, he uh, could actually like use a high school drama teacher to propel him into. Uh, yes, I understand that. I do understand that. Genuinely, I do. But I'm just talking about. But I'm thinking to myself like it, it's one of those weird things that some like shows have done, of where it's like. This is a high school show. There aren't really reviews. Like it's not going to be taken apart by reviews. It's a high school show. I, I mean, like it would. It, you it, could it, also totally understand that type of egomaniac person. That's oh like, yeah, no, no, no. That being said, yeah, is what my career is riding on. Yeah, um, he was a fantastic modernized 
Bottom the Weaver. Yes. Like, of just this giant egomaniac. Um, Papa either! <laughs> yeah, I'm just... I'm learning! See, this movie is still teaching me to this day, and therefore it is relevant. Okay, okay, keep telling yourself that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, hell... Um, Kirsten Dunst, she does, she does a good job. Yeah, she's she's fine. Um, I I think that's her really singing. So I'm I'm kind of impressed. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is her singing because it's not the best singing. Like it's passable singing. Yeah, it's not terrible singing. If they dubbed her, they'd have like a really good singer. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, there's. I mean, uh, that, that's a whole other discussion of just, well, we could get into it right now. Just like, well, that's like Hollywood. I mean, that's probably why they didn't make this a musical is because there's only like so many actors out there who both at that time and still, and it's getting less and less of just who can really, really sing and like getting movie less act. And less? Oh, yeah. I think it's getting more and more. I think there's such a competitive atmosphere to be an actor that you want to have all the sort of pluses that you can. So like you want to be able to like, you're like, yes, I can act, but I can also sing. I can dance. I can like, I don't know, like fry an egg in under a minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, I say that because, um, and okay. I love Emma Stone, but like Emma Stone in La La Land singing was not. Anna oh God, don't even, don't even talk to me about that. It, it's not. It was so bad. It's not Anna Kendrick singing in in uh, those acapella movies of the. <laughs> yes, those are the names of the movies. Those pit, acapella movies. There pit, was those acapella movies one. Those acapella movies two. Pitch Perfect. Movie, pitch Perfect. Those acapella movies three. Remember that other acapella movie? <laughs> okay, pitch Perfect. Yeah. Like. Yeah, there you go. You got it. Yeah, Anna Kendrick. Like she can actually, she can sing fantastically. Anne Hathaway and Les Miserables. She can really sing. Yeah. And so... No, no, like, I've fought so many people on La La Land because La La Land... (laughs) Once again, we're getting into tangents, but this is something I feel very passionate about. So if you'll give me, like, the floor for uh, two minutes. Um, La La Land opens with this wonderful number where Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people are stuck in traffic in L.A. and they're opening the car doors and she's just like... I thought about that day and then like you're like yes I love this and all these people are professional singers dancers actors whatever mostly singers and dancers though yes and then because you start the movie with all these strong singers when you get to Emma Stone yes. it's a letdown yes well I think she was like she was fine in some of like the the kind of smaller songs but like that big one that like they kept on using for her Oscar clip of her her monologue. That was like, ooh, ooh. like you're really celebrating wow, this she... part? No, and Anna Kendrick, I know for a fact, like she is classically trained as a singer, mm-hmm. and she did a lot of theater and stuff like that. And like that makes sense. She got a and legit so Billboard hit. Maybe she is classically trained, but. For fuck's sake, you can't put actor... So, she's an actress first, and then maybe a singer. But they put singers first, 
and then they were actors, and then they showed us Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, and at least I hope it was Ryan Gosling. I I can't differentiate yeah. those blonde dudes anymore. <laughs> and it was just it was jarring. It really was, and it made me upset because everyone like touted this as like, oh, it's such a great movie, and I was like, <laughs> great, I love musicals, let's do this. And then I got to her singing, and I was like, no. <laughs> I think it's a fine movie, but I, I am not in love with that movie. No, it's the singing. The singing is the problem in that movie. <laughs> if you have a musical and the singing is the weakest part of your musical, that's a fucking problem. Yeah, that's a, not a good sign. Which, and I, I will very cleverly tie this back to what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> this movie, Get Over It, did so well. They did not say they were a musical. So therefore, if their music sucked, it didn't matter because it wasn't a musical. Uh, fair enough. Uh, I mean, like, well, most of it was sung by professional singers. So you get Vitamin C, you get Cisco coming in at the end. Oh, how good was that ending? We have to talk about the ending at the ending probably, but that was such a great ending. I watched yeah. that on loop back in the day. <laughs> Well, yeah, that that's a wonderful credits, and yeah, just like a good old music video. Well, that's actually like Midsummer Night's Dream of just like the comedies end with a with just a fun song, song and dance and number, and then everyone goes out happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But hold on, let's let's try to like follow somewhat the plot of this movie so that we can try to have people that have never seen it before sort of understand where we're going here. I think the last thing we talked about was auditions. Okay, did did so, we? Well, 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 well. No, first we got to get to like he he basically he he tries to win her back and she starts dating the the incomprehensible like billboard starring. <laughs> I'm just poking holes in this because I I feel compelled to. No, please do. He is a billboard charted leader of a boy band that's somehow going to this nondescript American high school. Public high school. Yeah, public high school. Fucking public high school. I mean, like, wow, that's, yeah. And so, that's a plot of, like, the little, little Romeo show he had on Nickelodeon. That's also just as absurd. Hold on, sorry. I have to. I have to take potatoes out of the oven, and that is not a euphemism. Okay, um, I could just uh, vamp for a little yeah, bit. I, you vamp for a little bit. I'll be right back. So, yeah, there's just all these things. Like, I'm sorry, Sophia. Just that's that. There's all these kinds of of just like gaps in logic. Which, if they went for a more farcical approach, is more forgivable. If you go for a musical, you can kind of forgive the weaknesses of plot because it's just like, eh, it's a musical. It's you're already suspending your disbelief of like, why are people singing when when this is dialogue? It's like, eh, musical. Um, so yeah, I. And so we get to the point where after he's is that the. The Billboard charted British pop star, a British boy band pop star, 
is in an American high public high school for some reason, and he gets to date the Burke's girl, Allison, and uh, okay, let's just pick up from there. Yeah, cool. Okay, so, so we were just talking about how Stryker, a lead singer in a very popular boy band, once again is going to public high school and swoops in and steals Burke Lander's woman. Yes. So you're thinking totally believable and very plausible. That's your absolutely yes yes yes. So so then they try out and um, what you said in your notes is it's very telling that Allison didn't get to they didn't show Allison's tryout. I that actually wasn't even in my notes. That was a after notes sort of thought. Yeah, I have a lot of tryout notes. So but it is weird that they say that she ends up getting the part of Hermia and they never show her audition. They don't even really show her sing, but yeah. They never show her sing. She never sings. Yeah. Um Okay, part of like why I'm and maybe it's uh I will give this movie credit. Sophia in one of the good ways it's stated or just like fascinating ways it's stated is like the teen the teen comedy has just gone away from movies. And it's not a thing anymore, is it? It's 100% not a thing at all. Of like, It's like... Why? Uh, well, I mean, that, that's kind of like a, a discussion uh, in terms of like that what is popular and what, what's not. And oh. uh, the big thing that is popular is um, is like superheroes and spectacle, stuff like that. Can you still hear me? Crazy, like, yeah. But the people that liked superheroes in high school, when I was in high school, were very much not popular and very much nerds. And yeah. nowadays, every jock in the gym who's pressing 120 is like, oh man, you see the latest Thor? Like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. I'm not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm also at the gym plenty of times, so, yeah. Um, the oh, let's, let's, let's go into these auditions for a second, because I would like to mention a character that is not mentioned that much in this movie, but very much deserves recognition, and that is Peter Wong. Mm -hmm. There is a Peter Wong at every high school you've ever been to. He is very good at musical theater, and that's it. <laughs> and no one cares <laughs> except for the people in musical theater. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. No. Peter Wong, first of all, I would like to go into the fact that Peter Wong is hotter than Shane West, who is playing Stryker, who's supposed to be the most eligible bachelor at this fucking high school. And yeah. somehow Peter Wong is way more attractive. But he's not told to us that he's attractive <laughs> us as an audience are supposed to think oh it's this nerd but like no he's too hot to be yeah well not only that he sings opera in the movie so just like he's yeah. so he's brilliant this guy is brilliant what 
But I mean, like, hey. It's super brilliant. Yeah. What is the life of Peter Wong like? Who does he like? Like, <laughs> I, I, would, I would watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's good. Oh, and Cisco randomly joins the. In part of like the most like underdeveloped and like I don't know why it's here. It's like I love I like Mila Kunis a lot, but it's just like I guess Mila Kunis is in the movie just because they need Cisco to be paired up with someone at the end of the movie. Although it also begs the question, she's in the movie, and it's really upsetting too because like even you okay, we'll get to that part at the end. But yeah, her character's entire point is to get with Cisco, and that's why she has no definition to her character. Yeah. Like, Peter Wong has more character definition than she does. Well, hey, honestly, I mean, I, I you said at one point, like, before we recorded that you had some choice words for Allison, but even Allison is just kind of like a pretty vanilla character of, like, the, she's just kind of like... Okay. Okay. <laughs> I have choice If only you could words. see her, Sophia's face. I, yeah, <laughs> you can see my face right now. No, I problems and I don't know if the problems I have are just with the dialogue or with the actress or a mix of the both but it's definitely with the actress more than the dialogue because she can't read for shit they literally look at her and they're like hmm we have a lot of blondes in movies we have a lot of brunettes in movies maybe his love interest is a redhead and then they're like she's a hot redhead she can fit in this like halter top tube top thing. Let's put her in the movie. Fuck it. Don't even let her read for it. Just have her do it and it'll be fine. And no, it's not fine because she's not a good actress. You said it all that, not me. So, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'd, I don't know what to make of her, uh, the, that she's. I think it's the material, but it's also, yeah, it's a little bit her. I don't think she's that bad because of, again, what this is. This is just a kind of light, frothy teen comedy. That's... No, no, no. But, no. But, like, I disagree because, yes, it's a light, frothy teen comedy. But you get people like Colin Hanks. And Colin Hanks is getting some really fucking stupid lines. Can I read you one of Colin Hanks's lines? Okay, yeah. Sure. Because they are just amazing. And it's literally hold on. I had it. It might be up here. It was something here. Talk about okay. something and I'll come Okay, all right. Can I call attention to all right. But I understand like that for for script purposes, one like that is the best lit strip club of all time. Of like no strip club is ever gonna look that nice or one that clean and B that like you can see everything. That that's not what strip clubs are about. Um not that I know from experience, but uh I've been to a strip club. Okay. As a as a lady I was underage, and I can tell you, no, they're they're not like that. They're filled with very unattractive men. And girls who are trying their best to look like they're enjoying themselves. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, I'll give you one. Yeah, I'll give you one little tidbit. There was a girl at the strip club that I went to, and her like she was wearing nothing, 
but she had these knee socks on, uh-huh. and they were staying up the entire time, and she was doing, like, acrobatics and shit. And so I asked her, I was like, where do you get your socks? She said, Spencer's. <laughs> so the next time I went to Spencer's, I said that their socks came stripper recommended, and they looked at me like I was a crazy person. I'm sure they did. Uh, jerks. The So I, I just bring up that because, no, but, like, the big thing about the, 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 the strip the strip club scene is like they they make a big case of like we got a special guest here and they 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 they, they put him up to like the harness and everything and just i'm thinking to myself like this would happen at this would happen at a hooters this would happen at a hooters because i've seen this happen at a hooters a hooters has like strict codes because they serve food well, yes, but no. I mean, I mean, like that they they would like single out someone and like have like a little celebration around him, like that. Oh, yeah, okay. Th- I see yeah, what you're that, at. that happens. Like that could happen at a Hooters a strip club. The whole point is like to get you into the private room so you'll pay more. Yeah. Also, it's, it's not to make a spectacle out to a strip club in a BDSM strip club. Yeah. Also, we're getting ahead of ourselves because we did not even mention okay. Burke's amazing audition for Lysander with the Big Red song, which I feel like you might be too young to know the Big Red song. Yeah, I didn't know do the you, song. Do you know what Big Red is? It's a gum? Yes, perfect. Yeah. So he literally sang a gum jingle yeah. because he didn't know there was a singing portion of the audition for a musical. There's sometimes like contrivances and plot points that just do genuinely infuriate me. I'm just like things like that where just like, it's like, yeah, I get it. It's a comedy. I get it. It's, there has to be some drama, but it's like, come on, dude. Come Mm -hmm. on. No, but the best part about that is the reason he gets this idea to sing the Big Red song is there's a girl with big cans wearing a Big Red shirt. This girl has no lines in the movie. This is an extra. This is an extra that was paid to wear a Big Red shirt. And how much did Big Red pay for this product placement? (laughs) What? Yeah, I mean, it might have been a little bit product placement, but who cares? Big Red was the best gum. Fight me. Okay. Anyways... I, what do you think if you, I don't know if you've ever auditioned for any musicals or anything of the such. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong. One time I was kind of guilted into it, but yeah. Uh, okay, actually, no. No, no, I, I did audition a couple other times, like when I was in college. There and, you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but... Yeah. Sorry, my mouth is full of potato. If you were told you have to audition for this role, you would probably scroll down and be like, oh, okay, this role involves singing. I should probably prepare a singing audition because it says prepare a singing audition. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. I don't know how he got an audition without properly signing up. Well, it's the age-old cliche of just like, it's like, of like, he's not trying to to be in the play he's trying to be in the in allison yeah yes literally um (laughs) the and i mean that's a cliche it's a good old cliche of of um 
of kind of everything sitcoms plays teen dramas all this kind of stuff but i mean okay part of why it's not is he still doesn't care at the end of the movie about the play is just still kind of like eh whatever even when he's given a main role he's still just like kind of like other than like i'm not qualified it's still like it's still he doesn't he doesn't learn wow the theater is awesome it's still just it just no, it's, the, it's, it's the power of pussy my friend it's literally <laughs> like what can i do to get myself laid yeah and it works for him so i mean it's spoiler alert for people who have not seen the whole movie seen the whole movie but are listening to this podcast because of course they are but yeah no fucking shit he gets together with the girl because of course he does yeah um by the way i found my felix line i was looking for okay yeah and it was he goes hey felix what are you doing and felix says oh nothing just sitting here watching chester screw the rubber tree that is poetry that is beautiful. That's actually not that a bad... Wonderful. Well, that's not a bad line, but yeah, it's... Well, no, that that's the the challenge with actors, and like that's uh, the, the great thing actors can bring, and that's also kind of tying it back to Shakespeare. That's one of the fun things of when you... Something I love to do is once I get... I check out a good Shakespeare movie, I'd love to also see if I can f- snag another one to see how other actors interpret those lines and and bring different nuances to them yeah so how like like, when when you've read a play before and you get to see that same play acted out in front of you by different people and you're like oh that's interesting oh yeah that's different absolutely yes exactly and that's one of the things of uh i would love to when we get around not just that that i would want to do comparison fest but like uh just bring in multiple hamlets i love uh, the variations (laughs) Of, of of certain scenes and things um i mean there's also just that you can check that out that's on youtube there's the the famous movie director michael mann he made he made this forgettable tv movie i think it's called righteous kill or something no that, that, that's like a real title of another movie but anyways like it was a bland forgettable tv movie then he hired decided i like this tv the script for this tv movie i'm gonna shoot it again with real actors this time and he hired robert de niro and al pacino and made the movie heat with that same script and you can see and and, and, it's on youtube you can see the same like the legendary scene where for the first time ever al pacino and robert de niro were acting opposite each other and it's also done by these tv actors and it's just amazing to see like the how like wow in these like tv actors hands like this is so cliche and so just kind of mediocre and then like like pacino and de niro turn it into poetry of just like dialogue i'm i i I kid you not sophia of like of like what are you a monk no i got a girl what do you say i say i sell sell pools and like TV actors kind of like say it like that, like, no, I tell her I sell pools. And like, just, yeah. and then just De Niro's like, no, I got a girl. Tell her I sell pools. It's like, I just yeah, like, but you can almost always tell, like, the really good actors a lot of the time, they don't put anything on the, the words. They're just like, 
I'm just going to read them at is and like let the words do the work for me. We're getting into a My Week with Marilyn debate of of, of, of just like Olivier versus Marilyn Monroe of just method acting versus just like just completely talented just read the words. That's all you need. There you go. But uh, Yeah, okay. So speaking of brilliant lines that were used in the movie Get Over It because I okay, desperate to keep us on track. <laughs> You just yeah, want us to go through beat by beat of the movie, which I'm okay with, but yeah. Yeah, because that's how my notes go, because I literally pause like every five seconds to write something down. I took this seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So Desmond Forrest Oates, who is Martin Short's character, who he is the theater teacher, and he thinks that he's hot shit, and he just has some of the best lines that don't fit this movie at all. Like, at one point, he says to one of the characters, and I think it was Kristen Dunst's character because he hates her, and he goes, just because God blesses you doesn't mean there isn't another sneeze coming. Like, <laughs> that is amazing. That doesn't belong in this movie. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. great. I'm pretty sure that was improv, honestly. Yeah, but- probably. Well, I, I can bet mu- much of Martin Short's lines, other than, like, the kind of more script lines uh, uh, of him with Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, yeah. Like, when she gets the role and he thinks, me thinks thou best not botch it. And I'm like, yeah, go off, Martin Short. Okay, like, that's something, but okay, this is like part of like my problem is like, why? Like, they don't really establish why he would think that she's bad other than like, oh, you wrote your own song. Okay. That is very fair criticism. They never okay. First of all, she's thin. She's white. She's blonde. <laughs> she's hot. She clearly knows Shakespeare. She loves acting, and she can sing. And somehow, the theater professor hates her. That's yeah, not a thing. That's definitely not a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um. Especially when you got no, uh, well, there rarely are like in, in my experience with high school drama, and I do have high school drama experience. This is getting way more personal than I ever thought I would be. Uh, there you go. Is Let's that do it. is like there like when you actually get to like the advanced drama class? Uh, if you're in remedial class, like no, there's tons of people that are phoning it in and don't give a crap. They're just here to get that art credit. But when you get to like actual trying class no one's phoning it in everyone and anyone who wants to audition for the high school musical like unless you're chorus and even chorus people try is you you everyone tries everyone cares everyone Um, does try honestly i did my first musical last year and i was ensemble and i tried my ass off yeah good yeah of course you gotta yeah that's what i think and that's what i also yeah and what's confusing about musicals is the people that are in the ensemble and chorus usually have the most fucking shit to do yeah you're in the most numbers you're in the most choreography you have the most songs but you're not main. Yeah. Well, That's hey. That, 
drama of that kind of stuff is a whole other debate. It's actors' world. Actors. Yeah. Rivalry. I never did like high school acting at all, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah. I did. All I can it, it was a bit say. more chummy. It was a bit more chummy <laughs> than. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they they make this one line where it's just like where where Colin Hanks's character is like worried about about his sister being associated with theater people, and he's like, and he says like they're gay. He's like, no, it's that they're and like he doesn't finish it, but it's like it's like yeah, from my from my experience at least, like oh yeah, theater people they are pretty pretty randy. Honestly, can we just like talk about how Felix definitely wants to fuck his sister? okay so overprotective of her at all times and he's like kelly you're beautiful kelly you're wonderful i i i just say over i just oedipus shit there well no oedipus is the wrong term but it's some weird fucking like some lannister it's some lannister crap yeah yeah uh yeah yeah i I don't know. I never go for incest interpretations unless I'm kind of forced to. <laughs> uh, That's fair. Like, so unless I, I actually, like, it's like, oh, okay. I mean... Uh, I just, I think he cares a little bit too much about his little sister. Well, yeah, it's... It, it's what is shown to us. Okay, this is, again, like, part of the problem with this movie, for me, is, like, it's like... It's kind of like there's seven other movies tacked all together of of that kind of like that that would be kind of the one thing in most rom-coms of just like it's like what the hell man you're dating my sister no you can't date my sister i love this redneck rom-com you've invented for yourself i don't know god told me that i could date my sister because he loved my mom just like his cousin (laughs) oh wow um yeah. Can we can we please get into the very strange surrealist sort of uh, dream scenarios that happen? Where okay, yeah, there's a bunch of them. Shakespeare with his real life. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Perfect. What do What do you want to say about them? I want to say that first of all, O oh, fair Hermia, thou art incredibly hot and stuff is great. Yep, that's that very teen. This is the spark notes that I wanted when I was in high school. And then, like, yo, dude, someone's scamming on your chick. Time to kick some ass. Yes. That is what Puck was saying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it was. So, like, it, this is awesome. <laughs> okay. Um. So... Yeah, all right, sure. If you Yeah. It's great. No, I love it. I love it because it brings Shakespeare down to a level that some of us can appreciate. Yeah. Because we don't understand Shakespeare normally. <laughs> and when someone is like, "Okay, like thou art incredibly hot and stuff." Yeah, I I get that. <laughs> okay. So that's that's poetry for me. That's poetry for you. Very good. Also, is it ever explained why Burke keeps waking up screaming? Because I think he might have night terrors that's undiagnosed. Yeah. People don't wake up screaming all the time. Well, healthy it's people don't. Weird. I think there's 
like a weird darkness to this movie that like sort of creeps in when you're not expecting it. Well, I mean, like drinking puke doesn't is certainly like darkness and stuff like that. Oh God. I mean, All right, my next point. my next note was that Cisco is not as bad an actor as you would be led to believe. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> he was great. I wouldn't say great, but it's just like he's fine for what he's asked to do and what he does. Honestly, just, he is just, better than a lot of the token black best friend <laughs> characters in yeah. most '90s teen movies. Gosh, that is that's you. You're not joking, really. That 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 is a thing. I'm not joking. That's absolutely a thing. Like, think about like she's all that. Well, Zoe like, Saldana is unfortunately character. Yeah, Zo- yeah. Zoe Saldana is unfortunately the for her token character. She's not exactly a what she oh, does. I still can't believe that Zoe Saldana. That's so embarrassing. She's bad in this movie, though. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna defend her. She's bad in this movie. Her line readings are bad. Is she? So. Well, she was. Don't worry, she'll then get to be in Crossroads with Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, fucking old Crossroads. That was a that was a uh, that's a fever dream. Okay, so we're gonna skip the hot Australian chick because that was fucking weird. That's but, the that 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 is the. <sighs> yeah, go ahead. Like, there's a term that like uh, the nostalgia chick Lindsay ellis once coined of just big-lipped alligator oh, moment i love Lindsay ellis now oh, she's wonderful she's wonderful she's amazing she's fantastic yes please come on this podcast <laughs> no, no yeah if she ever listens she will not i know she won't now the the uh yeah big-lipped alligator moment of just like this moment that's so out of context within the rest of the movie yeah and just like kind of like it doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's just this weird farce moment, like this kind of airplane moment in the middle of this movie that's not airplane. So Yeah, and they do that multiple times, especially with like Desmond's weird daydreams that they show us in like a thought bubble. Yeah. I never understood why they did that. It is dumb. It is stupid. Well, that. well, I do get it. Like, it's like he keeps on name dropping and like, but then you get to see like these kind of cutaways for what actually happened. And so it's just like, it's like, I, I gave this song to Diana Ross. And then like, it's like, it's really just like, Hey, Diana, Diana, I have something for you. Yeah, that part was really good. I will. I admit, I just didn't like the cartoonishness of the bubbles because I didn't see anything else in the movie that like checked with that. It just it didn't. Come on, so, 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 it's not cartoony. I, I, this movie is I, I, like fantasy, but it's not cartoony. I can't believe I'm defending this movie, but <laughs> but 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 come on, the opening has has vitamin C and a, a musical number as he's walking or. It's not her She's real. That's pretty... Well, I mean, like, when you get that, it's already kind of like a clue that this, don't take this too seriously. Yeah. See, that, that's what's great about the opening. And, is it's letting you know, hey, we don't take ourselves seriously, so why should you take us seriously? Well, yeah, and so that's why I, that's why I can ultimately forgive, like, the boy band guy and all this stuff because to me i will never forgive the boy band guy i hated shane west as a child (laughs) okay all right well he is an annoying and not good actor (laughs) 
<laughs> well, okay, that that was what I was gonna say though. Like, it's like one, his singing was not that great, and no, for a fucking boy band with a record label and an agent, every a music video that's on TV. Oh God, sorry. And I, I, no, go, 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 please, please. Uh, we, we might be we're over an hour already, so <laughs> I will not do a TED talk. <laughs> okay. Um. So, where are we at this point? All right. So, well, I I remember. So in my notes, I really liked this montage that they did to the song that was like, "What do you get when you fall in love?" And it's just a bunch of her teaching him his moves, and then his, his like her brother being like. Kelly, where are you? And then Burke being like, I'm hanging out with Kelly. And then just like a bunch of stuff. And it all ends with Burke leaving the school gym or entering the school gym and tearing off his pants. Okay, that part actually was genuinely funny. That part was genuinely funny. That was funny as fuck, right? I'm sorry. It's like I, I literally wrote, this is my verbatim words. I wrote the act cheeks. It's just well, it's quintessential comedy, isn't it? This is yeah. amazing. Yes. It is. That was actually funny. That was actually funny. Was very um, funny. But that was the only genuine laugh you, you got out of me, pretty much. Oh. Uh, uh, well, okay. No, no. After this, we go to Kelly, and she's in her room, and she says something that has bothered me since I rewatched this. She says that she doesn't get to play real piano at home. Which doesn't make fucking sense to me because she has a piano in her room. Uh, why can't she play real piano at home? I think it's supposed to be a keyboard. That's why it's supposed to be like an electronic keyboard. It's not I a keyboard, but I don't think that's what she's saying. I think she's saying that she doesn't get to like play it that often. Well, I, I think she means like you know like the grand piano instead of just like a, a keyboard. Maybe. Maybe she does have a grand piano on, like, other parts of her house, but her parents are like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> we don't want to deal with that. Yeah. And, and, okay, this scene is objectively adorable. Whether okay. they're just playing the song together. Yeah. It's cute. It's adorable. It's obviously doubles because, like, none of them can play the piano. Yeah. Like, it's, it's cute. Okay, all right, fine. You you call it cute. Be happy it's with it. Cute. I'm sorry. It's cute because she's showing off a little, and he's like, "Haha, show off." Yeah. And she's just like, "Yeah, I want to fuck you," and he's just like, "You're my friend's sister." <laughs> and then we get to your favorite part in the movie. He gets abducted and taken to a strip club. Mm, okay. No, the the only part of the movie that I would even remotely call favorite is is like the musical scene at the end okay we'll get to that then but he's in the car on the way so the best part of the strip club scene is it just gets broken up by a bunch of cops yeah which why vice vice squad yeah they're legal and like maybe because they're underage but all the other patrons flee too yeah and there's like a whole bunch of patrons for like a tuesday night strip club which yeah. is good for them i mean it's a com- it's a comedy yeah. movie you gotta have a vice squad show up right at the awkward moment where he's harnessed to a strap 
So, yeah. But the best part is he's in the car with his parents, and his dad's driving, and his mom's in the front passenger seat, and he's in the back. And they're like, like, his dad's like this. And then he's like, well, what we, like, he's like, maybe we should stop for frozen yogurt. And his mom's like, oh, but Burke might want to go home and polish the rocket, which yeah. is a euphemism for masturbating. Yes. And then, and you cannot fault this flawlessly delivered line, which was, yogurt's good. Well, the way you said it sounded funnier so to me. I mean, the the parents are hilarious in the movie. They're really good because they're really good actors. They're amazing actors, yes. And so I've seen them in tons of stuff. So they're really good. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, and like their whole kind of like gag of like that they're so open and like the, the opposite of the strict parents in all these teen comedies. I like, like that. Yeah, that, that's funny. I like that. That's fine. Uh, and so, yeah, r- running a party when you're at your friend's house, that is like the douchiest move ever. Right? Honestly, I, I was on board with Felix for some of this movie. Like, a lot of this movie, he's like overtly, overly masculine to try to compensate for Burke's more femininity. But when he's like, I'm throwing a party at your house because the dude needs a party, no. No one ever needs a party thrown at their house because you know who has to clean up the party thrown at their house? Yeah. The person whose house it is. Yep. So, yeah. Um, I think that's... So let's just get to the final act then, please. Can we just... Let's talk about the... Okay, and it is following Shakespeare's tradition of of having a a bad play within the play of yeah. just that we get to see see this horrible musical which I was just like wondering to myself and it's like uh, this is a pretty accurate reflection of like high school level talent yeah that's what I loved about it especially the original lyrics which were did you ever read a Shakespeare play and not understand a word they say follow theme that they started with Burke at the beginning of the movie Remember that I, yeah. I understand every other word of this bullshit? Yeah. And they're continuing it in this. And yes, that felt authentic to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do capture the Athenian lovers bickering well of like their version of Lysander and Demetrius. That's pretty good. Okay, uh, that part was amazing. What are you talking about? Was yeah. it like actually fighting on stage? Well, that's but that's why I wish that... I kind of wish that this had been the movie. Just this just go for this broad farce musical yeah but then musical we have the backstory of why they're fighting but within the, the funny thing was that they're rivals in real life and they have to play rivals in a play yes i know yes that's yeah. the clever brilliance also, the, brilliance the, osmosis yes <laughs> the boy band moves when they're like hear me up please love me <laughs> Gosh, yeah. And so I guess it's like it's going for the producers of it's supposed to be intentionally bad. Just yeah. just like well, just like a Midsummer Night Dream, it's supposed to be bad. Except for right. the one except for the one song that the one the one mediocre song that that uh, sung by Kirsten Dunst. I mean it's not it's not bad, just like this whole movie. It's not nothing is like flagrantly incompetent to me, but just like it's just it, it Yeah, I know. 
But, like, I'm sorry, that stupid song she sings is just so stupid. And then they cut to his parents to the audience, and his mom is like, doesn't Kelly look beautiful? And it's like, come on. <laughs> just, like, could she have done anything else? It just, it didn't fit with the musical at all. I'm with Desmond Forrest Oates on this. The song did not fit the musical. It was an upbeat, happy, sort of goofy thing, and she's just like, and all my dreams are made Like a sincere love ballad in the middle of this? Yeah. Yeah, it was stupid. It was dumb. Well, that, that's also that's also them trying to be like, but it's also commenting on the movie. It's like, but we are trying to like say that this is actually a real sincere romance in the middle of this yes. farce. So, and it brings us to one of the best parts of the movie, which is when Burke ad libs Shakespeare. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, I, I'm. The only I'm, time I, he ever gets anything remotely right is when he's just. Making shit up. It's the cleanest <laughs> line reading he has in the entire play. <laughs> I'm totally with with the boy band guy though. It just like it's like you're just trampling on a four hundred year old classic. <laughs> and, and like what? You're clapping you idiots are clapping just because it rhymed? I can do that. Yeah. And like and then, he, and then he quotes I can do it on a boat. I can do it on a boat. How's that? Like no. Okay. Well then he does like Dr. Seuss. I like I don't want it here, I don't want it there, I don't want them anywhere. Yeah, no, it was Yeah, but then and we never mentioned these in our little commentary, but there are two little emo what honestly I think was sort of Columbine stage crew guys. Like, did you get that vibe at all? I got super Columbine vibes from this guy. Oh, my. Well, you know, no one can see, but I'm swallowing my eyes like, mm, um, no. Like, <laughs> I, I just got stoner. I just got, like, lame stoners. Like, no, douchey it was, stoners. That... It made them, like, sort of, like, dress a little bit military-ish, and they had them with these, like, like military-grade explosives. Why did they have explosives? Tech. Tech theoretically for like big flashes. No high school tech. But yes, yes, yes. It's part of it's part of the the flaw of this. It's part of the flaw. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do like the, I do kind of like the line at the end. It's like you know we gotta do it tomorrow, right? So, so are, we, are we gonna do all that tomorrow? <laughs> no, no, they're not. And then we instantly transition to Cisco singing Earth, Wind, and Fire, and it's amazing. And he duets with Vitamin C, and they're all dancing in front of a terrible, terrible green screen. And everyone yeah. is trying their best to dance along, and it is. And they bring in back Carmen Electra just because they got Carmen Electra to be in this movie. Yeah. And yeah, she and dances like, again. What's the sluttiest thing you could wear in another scene that has nothing to do with the strip club? They're yeah. like, cord latex. Go for it. Done. Yeah. Okay, so we've gone through the whole movie. All right. Uh, yeah. It's a great movie. <laughs> okay, you say it's a great movie. I do not. I do not. It's a great movie that is vaguely related to Shakespeare. It is a movie vaguely related to Shakespeare. Okay, so uh, that's our first episode of Shakespeare on Screen. Um, yes. Uh, this has been so much fun, Sophia, just talking to you about this movie. Um, I, I'm, I'm, 
I forgive you for making me watch this movie because I got to talk about it with you, so that's fine. Yay! Everyone should watch this movie. It is very mediocre, but in the best way possible. <laughs> well, that is the best double think kind of review I've ever heard, so I think that's a perfect way to send it off on that. Thank you so much for listening and tune in next week. Um, I'm going to be teaming up with another friend to talk about Kenneth Branagh's Much Ado About Nothing. So see you then. Bye-bye.